0: Dad, Dad, what's all this? Oh, well, I thought I'd pop into the chemist and pick up a few bits
1: and pieces. So this is for when she gets colicky, and uh, this one's for when she starts teething. And, oh, this
0: is the best bum cream there is. Worked wonders on Michael. He used to have a really sore bottom, and from time to time, a bit of a sore winkle as well.
1: Okay, okay. Ah,
2: uh, someone's just got a new nickname. <laughs> Oh the Talk of
0: the street
1: Talk of the street
2: Talk of the street
1: Talk of the street Talk of the street Talk of the street Talk of the street Talk of the street
0: Hello and welcome to episode 154 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast where one of us felt a little prick this week and also got a second COVID injection or insert your own joke here. I'm Gavin.
2: And I feel 10 pounds lighter.
0: You've had a haircut. I have had a haircut. Haircut.
2: Haircut. I got a haircut and I got a real job. (laughs) I mean, I already had a real job, but now I've gotten a Haircut.
0: (laughs) Well done, you. No. I'm and But let's thank the...
2: I'm no um, longer a long-haired, freaky person.
0: <laughs> you're very suit. <hirsute. laughs> you're a hairy woman. Not anymore. Well. Well, you're still hairy, but... <laughs> I'm going down a road that I really don't think I want to no. investigate. No. Any further than no.
2: that. Yes. And and I got my eyebrows did as well while mm-hmm. I was there, so... it Yes. yes. <sighs> what did you
0: do? It's... it's your eyebrows are so faint it's kinda of hard to
2: Well, they he shaped them, he gave them more of a shape, and they're mm-hmm. not, you know, quite so blocky as they were before. And he got rid of the very few wee little hairs. Did you have a and I, I don't have a unibrow like my father and my sister and my niece, but Hi Kaelin <laughs> but...
0: Enjoy that one brow of yours. Your dad's monobrow is fucking legendary,
2: though.
0: <laughs> it can be seen from space.
2: Mm. We call him the Sasquatch.
0: <laughs> he just grunts <laughs> and, <laughs> and, then wa- <laughs> and then wanders into the woods.
2: And it is very hairy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, you know, it's been, I, it, it, yesterday was officially two weeks after my second mm-hmm. shot. So I was like, boom, done. And uh, I uh, have contacted a tattoo parlor that comes highly recommended in the Lansing area. So I, they messaged me and asked me to give them a call so we could set up a consultation appointment. So I'm very excited about that.
0: Oh, they're doing it that way?
2: Yeah, well... There's
0: too many steps involved in this.
2: No, because because it's not... Be- because what I'm getting done is not a direct, you know, here's a picture, put this on me sort of thing that we're, we're working together to create something new inspired by something else. Uh, so that's why there's a consultation involved. I,
0: can, I just don't like the to and fro. And I, I like to do this, sit down get it done and then leave.
2: Mm hmm. Which is hilarious for something that's going to be on your body permanently.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, until you tattoo a jaguar over it. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that option.
2: Yes. Yes, I could see that happening to your, your tenant's tea in the future. You think? <laughs> that's the only one of your tattoos that I could see you regretting at some point.
0: I, I never see it. I know It's not one that I look at every day and think Oh, I have a tattoo there <laughs> I see it very infrequently You took a photo of me post-JAG post, post jag in yes. the mall yesterday And you can just see the the very edge of it mm-hmm. in the photograph Because I'm wearing shorts But other than that, I don't really think about it that much So I don't think about it enough to regret it And when I look at it, I kind of like it Right, yeah Still
2: People misinterpret it all the time though
0: Right Well, that's their problem <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's funny you're right, because I don't really think about the one on my leg either, except yesterday, you know, when Nick and I went out to get his second dose, he's like, you've got a giant circle on your leg. Did he not know that? I think he did, but you he have, he haven't really seen it, because yesterday was one of the first days I wore shorts or anything. So really? I was like, yeah, see, that's you, and that's Sally, and that's, that's, that's Benny in Gallifrey. And and he's like, that's not a real language. And so we had this long conversation about yeah,
0: that's a, that's a point.
2: what makes a language a real language and stuff. And I'm like, people get married in Klingon, okay? So invented languages are still languages.
0: The generators just went off.
2: Yay!
0: With a, I think it's called a brownout.
2: Yeah, we had a brownout. Apparently we had a blackout first and then it turned into a brownout. So
0: I haven't had a brownout since I was 14. What that hang there.
2: That's not what the bathroom said yesterday.
0: That was a brown in.
2: No, it seemed like you got most of that brown out. We are children.
0: It's 2L in the morning for for such scatological humor.
2: You had to drive all the way to the next town to buy coffee.
0: Yeah, the power was out. We were figuring that we're going to have to do this by candlelight and and battery battery power. Power. I drove to get coffee. Had to go to the next town over. By the time I came back, the power was back on again because of course it was. Of
2: course it was. What else is new besides, you know, you getting your second dose, which is just huge.
0: It is huge. It was very emotional. Yeah. I kind of shed a little tear at it.
2: You did. You and the the woman. I don't know why you have this effect over older women.
0: (laughs) I made the woman cry. (laughs) We We went to the mall. Which I, I don't normally go to anyway, but haven't been to for more than a year. Right. So, it's my first trip to the mall in probably two years. hmm And it's very Day of the Dead. Yes. It's kind of empty. The people that are there don't look like they're fully alive. Yeah. That kind of thing. Right. And there's this store, like I think you mentioned a few weeks ago, that used to be a big store. It's now... Bankrupt or whatever.
2: Right, it's now
0: an empty shell. So now they have the little volunteer vaccination place, mm-hmm. and there's a woman sitting outside at a desk, and she's maybe in her sixties or seventies. And as I was recounting this story in my head to somebody, mm-hmm. to you, I think it was. Yeah. She was a Scottish woman, and she wasn't a Scottish woman. No. But when she said to me, "What time was your appointment?" Uh, and I said, "I think I'm a bit early. It's it's eleven o'clock, and I'm like there at like ten forty or something." Uh, like that I'm convinced that she said to me, Oh, never mind, son, come away in. (laughs) And she didn't say that. But in my head, she did say that. So I went in, and you go through a little process and you sit down where this woman on her rolly chair scoots about and goes from person to person and gives them their injection and she asked me how I was doing and all that sort of stuff and I said I'm really looking forward to this uh-huh. and she said I know it's such a big deal isn't it uh-huh. I said yeah I'm looking forward to getting places
1: Yeah.
0: and she said I'm looking forward to seeing my 89 year old mother who I haven't seen in more than a year Yeah. and then she started to fill up <laughs> and then I started to fill up oh. because she was starting to fill up plus <laughs> I'm really looking forward to getting out of the state and right, out yeah. out, going back to Connecticut
2: Right, and seeing my mom who we haven't seen in over a year <laughs>
0: So yeah, it was all kinda yeah. very a very oofy moment.
2: It really it was. I'm I've kinda sore it.
0: and I'm a little lethargic, so there'll be no there'll be no jokes this week.
2: Those still be jokes. They just won't be just, good ones.
0: <laughs> or <love> deliver
2: <laughs> Yeah, and the, the kids get their first dose on Monday, so we are we are almost a completely fully vaccinated family and couldn't happen soon enough. I know. Now that the CDC says, no, it's all right. Everybody just. Fuck doesn't... in the street. <laughs> I don't think they've gone that There's far. There's
0: people fucking in the street.
2: <sighs> There's not people fucking in the
0: street. And another news. We're three years old today. Or ish. The podcast the is. The podcast is three. We've been doing this for three years.
2: And our sense of humor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> so happy birthday to us.
2: Happy birthday to us.
0: You can buy us a coffee if you like.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Shall we preamble, my dear?
2: Hint, hint. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm.
2: It's okay. It's all right. You're...
0: Give us some of that vaccinated coding news. Yes,
2: there you go. You got there in the end.
0: <laughs> Story <in> my life.
2: <laughs> Millie Gibson or... Kelly the Chin, chin. as she's known around these parts, has put one mystery to rest this week. While people have speculated, the slit in her eyebrow was something intentionally put in to make the character edgy. Mm -hmm. It's actually just a scar from a childhood injury when she was like two or three years old.
0: Yeah, she ran in a banister or something.
2: Yeah. Apparently her dad gets really mad when people online, you know, speculate that she did it intentionally to herself just to look cool and, uh, well, and edgy see, the as Kelly really It does look
0: cool. That's that's a <laughs> problem that it has, you see.
2: He's like, no, she didn't do it intentionally. Why would anybody do that? You know. So he's really defensive of his daughter, which is very sweet. But yes, not th- intentional. Looks cool, but not intentional. And
0: I think the reason that other, well, I think the other reason people think that it was intentional was the thing that she was in last, mm-hmm. I think they covered it up. So it didn't look like she had it then, right? But obviously she did. Yes. Yeah, I've got it. We've talked about this several (laughs) times. My little eyebrow, baldy bit that's covered up by my longer brow (laughs) lashes—if that's what they're called.
2: Anyway. Anyway. Maybe maybe we need to get your eyebrows waxed as well.
0: I don't know if there's enough wax.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's always enough wax. (laughs) If there's anything I've learned as a woman over the years, there's always enough wax.
0: Don't bless those bees. Presumably, you
2: can have your whole. So you could recreate the whole. You can Kelly, have your whole what? You can recreate the whole Kelly Clarkson. Oh, okay. Whole with uh, scene a w. Okay. in the forty-year-old virgin, only with your eyebrows and not your chest, because you are not Steve Carell when it comes to your chest.
0: Nope. I'm nope. Taylor Yeah. <laughs> Or a bald man from this century.
2: (laughs) The Rock? Sure. Okay. (laughs) From Coronation Street to the mayor's seat. What? Yes. Tracy Babin, who played Trisha Armstrong on the show, is the newly elected mayor of West Yorkshire. Good for her. Congratulations to her. Hope she remembers to pay her TV license.
0: not sure I get that.
2: On, on the show, Trisha Armstrong goes to prison for a week because she forgets to pay her TV license.
0: Tremendous. <laughs> Love it. Good for her.
2: And we complain about storylines now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what an accomplishment.
2: Yeah, seriously. Well done. It's not easy running for public office. No, and especially
0: when you have a history in, in inverted commas, light entertainment. I would imagine that well, she'd have a problem with people taking her seriously. Well, yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I am fired.
2: <sighs> and a Kardashian, may be uh, the next governor of California after that's never going to happen. Af- after the Terminator has already been the governor. <sighs> yeah, but this is California. <sighs> <sighs> Finally, sad medical news for former Cory Star Charlie Condu as he continues to battle long COVID. The former Marcus Dent has lost the use of his fingers on his left hand due Oof. to nerve damage caused by the disease. So, yes. get well soon.
0: Is that there's something else going on there?
2: No, that's what that's what the doctors say that it's that the long COVID has... because you get nerve damage when parts of your body don't get enough oxygen. Right. So, and COVID prevents parts of your body from getting enough oxygen you know and that's why it causes problems with things other than your lungs because it messes up other parts of your body so and god only knows what the but the long term consequences will be in the future and on that cheery cheery note that's query news
0: <laughs> a new sport <laughs> or mailbag higher numbers than usual last week of uh, downloads which has kind of resulted in a few more bits of correspondence so we've just plugged hmm. out one of each from from three listeners. Wendy yeah. wrote in to say she remembers being a goth in 1984 and going to see the Sisters of Mercy with her friends in New York City. I actually, felt safest in London. No one seemed to care how we looked. Anywho, I've been feeling my most goth during this pandemic. There's something that I think I can I can relate to.
2: Hmm. Yeah, because everybody's really, really pale because they haven't been going outside.
0: Right. Just learned about the story that inspired all. Always a pleasure listening to the podcast. I just wanted to say the show can't get more blacker. Spinal tap reference there. Mm I think maybe the first one in three years. (laughs) Thanks, Wendy. (laughs) Then Aileen wrote in to say, you do realize this story was written in collaboration with uh, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation and is written to explore this as a hate crime, which we did realize.
2: Yes, we... uh We made a very pointed decision not to mention uh, Sophie Lancaster by name because we wanted our criticism of the show to be our criticism of the show and not to be construed as criticism of uh, the foundation and of the family.
0: Right. And finally, Christy P wrote in to say it's always difficult to give constructive criticism on storylines that are highly promoted and acquiring vast media attention want to personally thank you guys for highlighting some concerns in in our latest podcast in a very professional, empathetic manner. Critiquing aspects of a storyline doesn't equate to being ignorant of the seriousness of the subject matter or of the real-life situations that inspire a given storyline in its fictional context. Using dismissive incomprehension to dissuade, such conversations from occurring is both harmful and, ironically, more ignorant a practice in providing constructive criticism in the first place with my own minor criticisms aside i felt the nina seb storyline is incredibly well done well researched and is highly deserving of the praise it's receiving Yeah, thank you christy
2: i think we yes i think we've covered all of our bases there all
0: the bases done
2: huzzah and now (laughs) will podcast for coffee It grows in you, doesn't it? You're so proud of that. I really
0: am. (laughs) predicted, though. We're buying our own coffees this week.
2: Yeah. Nobody nobody bought us a coffee last uh, week. Makes me sad.
0: I'm going to keep the theme tune handy, though, in case we ever come up with a Seattle-based segment for (laughs) our corey themed (laughs) podcast.
2: And maybe maybe somebody will buy us a coffee this week.
0: And I'll just explain how you can do that. Yes, please. If you go to... Ko fi, that's ko fi.com slash the talk of the street. You can buy us a coffee. Some people have done it. It's the tastiest coffee we ever have. Yes, because it's free. free. (laughs) (laughs) If you feel like doing that, support the podcast. You can go there and we'd be very grateful if you did. Yes, we would. And now this.
2: Welcome, welcome,
0: welcome Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver Just enough time to quickly talk about Nocturnal Tramp
2: Nocturnal Tramp
0: I'm quite proud of this music as well There's more to it
2: You're so cute It's
0: more layered Hmm. Nocturnal Tramp no idea that's right this was sarah describing david and his weird nighttime activities oh
2: god i remember
0: for... that storyline
2: uh oh.
0: i was and you were sleepy hmm. we were like getting started on the podcast because you were sleepy no oh. because you had binge watched drag race which we agreed probably wasn't a me thing
2: oh drag race mm-hmm. what do you think i said rag race you, you said Rag Race, and that's a completely different...
0: Well, m- maybe why I said that... a completely that different show. It's because we insisted that aside from Scooby-Doo, where are you? A pup named Scooby-Doo in the two movies, most Scooby-Doo is shite. And then I did a possible Scooby impression, including Rory Roos. And now, Rory Roos, remember? <laughs> Poor Oliver has a tough week, what with all the seizures and that. Steve will do anything for a decent bit of sleep, then spies Tracy's cake. Now, Steve, Mm-mm-mm-mm. don't go eating that cake. Yasmin is a credible threat to society and a flight risk, so Imran's hopes of getting her bail are in jeopardy.
2: Oh, well. that
0: There's history repeating itself. <laughs> Seriously. Bernie's hitting the cider at work and leads Cathy astray. The males in the Bailey household have a really bad day and Danny's replacement at the bistro, because Danny left, by the way, is not a fan of Ed's handiwork or his colour. Gemma's not looking forward to her first therapy group session, but is surprised to find others share her story, except not with quads. Arthur invites Evelyn to an afternoon dance. David has a tantrum on the bonnet of a Ford Escort. Craig is made of nylon and tall Matt speaks.
2: And then disappears, and disappears. completely from the show.
0: <laughs> our moment of the week was David scoring out mother and writing Gail on her birthday card. <laughs> they
2: love
1: still, that. Still,
0: still love it. And our boring moment of the week was Rita and Audrey jealous of Evelyn's afternoon dance. And that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street this time last year. Shall we dive in, my dear?
2: Yes, please. I mean, it's basically just one storyline. No, there's a few. There's one and then there's like two little ones.
0: Well, I've split the big one into two.
2: Of course you did, because why not? Why not make things more complicated for yourself Mm -hmm. when your brain is all foggy?
0: So the first storyline is also our last storyline. So our first storyline is the second storyline, which is The Criminals. On Monday, Dev goes round to see Asha, but she doesn't know, so it's news to her to hear that Seb died yesterday. ITV Cory, who is looking more and more like Sid from Toy Story these days, doesn't understand because people get beaten up every day and don't die. <laughs> Dev is just glad that Asha and Addy were nowhere near. mm and after Dev leaves, ITV Cory wonders why Ashes texts Nina and seems to have trouble understanding sadness and empathy. He explains that the police are definitely going to want a statement from them both, so she has to say that she was at home with him, and she has to get Amy on side to keep her mouth shut too. Yeah, good luck with that. Yep. Yeah, have you met Amy? <laughs> have you met Amy? Have you met Amy's mum? Yeah. Because Amy is her mum's daughter. Right. In a lot of ways.
2: Only with her dad's empathy.
0: Mm-hmm. But with extra conniving, I think. <laughs> At the hospital, Nina is still beating herself up for not remembering, for having the idea uh, to walk it's by the canal in the first place. poor
2: choice of words there, Broom. Ah,
0: I know. It, it wasn't intentional. Roy assures her that she can get home soon. None of this is her fault, and whoever is responsible will be brought to justice. Then Kev nips into Dev's for some coffee. On the house. Thanks, Dev. And Kev asks if Ash is back home because he knew that she'd be... Uh, He knew that she'd moved in with ITV Corey And that Nina has fingered ITV Corey As being the last person that she saw He was there last night And Kev would want Asha as far away from him as possible
2: If Asha was his daughter
0: But Dev knew nothing of this Yes Sasha so goes to speak with Amy And while she's gone Kelly the Chin drops in She's desperate with worry And is then Sickened to learn That ITV Cory Has got an alibi For the night in question He tells her to leave Deny everything And never come back
2: And maybe find her own alibi
0: mm-hmm. Yeah Find someone else Find your own person To lie for you
2: Yeah. Yeah
0: Great advice Ugh then so Amy gross. meets Asher and Roy's Rolls, and is just about to get Asher's side of the story when a frantic dev comes in, demanding to know why she never told him that ITV Cory and Kelly the Chin were suspects. So Amy listens on, baffled, as Asher insists that ITV Cory is innocent and that the two of them were at home watching Tenant all night.
2: <laughs> we watched Tenant.
0: Well, it I wasn't was, really watching it. It
2: was not good.
0: <laughs> it seemed it
2: seemed I a love, movie
0: where things went bomb. Well, it's bomb.
2: Chris, It's Christopher Nolan.
0: You you could never tell. <laughs> it he loves like that Inception. sound effect,
2: right? Yeah, and it basically.
0: And it looked a bit like Inception as well. Yeah, it
2: was basically Inception only with time, where they kept recording people going backwards and stuff, and it was just it was. Bomb. <laughs> It Was a mess of a movie, it really was.
0: You watched it all, did it get any better when I went to no? Red? No,
2: it, if anything, it got worse.
0: So, here's how the police could well, they don't have to, but right. they could say, Okay, what happens in tenant then? Because i to be Corey's never understanding that.
2: I know it was hilarious, <laughs> but he's like, Have you seen it? Oh, wow, it just boggles the mind, doesn't it? What a weird movie! It's like, Wow. <laughs> You've kind of heard about the movie then.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. When Dev leaves, Amy wants to know what the fuck was going on because Asha wasn't with ITV Corey. Asha was with her. Asha seems to think this is a mere inconvenience and she knows that ITV Corey was at home because he said so and she trusts him and she wonders if Amy's accusing him of being a murderer. Amy says she isn't because she doesn't know and neither do you, she says. Right. If he was at home, his phone will be able to prove it. She says Asha lying makes him look guilty and it makes her look guilty too. Asha is such a fucking pushover right now that she starts to crumble like a cheap suit. Mm-hmm. Kelly the Chin meanwhile is at home packing when Toya comes in with the promise of veggie lasagna for dinner. Thanks to their stupid little window from the stairwell, Toya is already aware that Kelly's looking to do a
2: runner before <laughs> she's even opened her mouth. People really loved your uh, your tweet this week about that stupid little window. <laughs> it's this oddest little window. because It it doesn't make any sense. You have
0: a locking door.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm going to call your front door.
2: Yeah.
0: Right next to a window, which is fine. But the window looks out in a communal stairwell. Yeah. That's weird.
2: Yeah.
0: If you have a window like that in your house, tell us why.
2: <laughs> maybe it's just because it's an old building and it was it made sense at the so time the before they So builder's yard, but why a builder would
0: need to know? Unless it was an office, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Toya offers her ear. Kelly asks Toya if she'd lie for her. And at that, the old bill arrive looking for Kelly, and they don't even bother with asking her to, ask a few, to answer a few questions during the station, and she's immediately arrested on suspicion of assault of Nina and the murder of Seb. And this is how Toya finds out that Seb's dead.
2: It's always disturbing to me when people get arrested on the show because I'm, I'm so programmed to hear the police give the Miranda rights to people when they mm-hmm. get arrested. So when it doesn't happen because it's not America, I'm always kind of like, "Whoa, what's what's going on here?" Oh,
0: well, you still get your rights.
2: Yeah, but they never do it on the show.
0: Well, they do it when Craig's doing it. When Craig is reminding us all that he's a police officer. Because <laughs> they read them to Gary, I think. Did he? Mm-hmm. But normally you go down to the station first for a chat, right? Because as soon as you arrest someone, you only have think 24 hours, mm-hmm. and then you have to charge them with something. Right. So you ask them down for a f- answer a few questions. Nobody's arrested, so there's mm-hmm. no clock ticking. Tends to be how it yeah. Well, <laughs> In my limited experience, <laughs> that, that seems to be what happens.
2: Right. And this is markedly different from what happens next with another character.
0: Right. So Kelly gets carted away just as Imran gets home. Toya explains on the download that she was planning on doing a runner and had asked Toya to lie for her. Ash is on the other side of the street and sees us go down, her phone buzzing from messages from ITV Corey. So she gets home to find ITV Corey talking to the police.
2: Right. Very nicely, just sitting and having a chit chat mm-hmm. at the table.
0: Ah, here comes my alibi now, he says. Yeah. Tell them you were with me all night.
2: Watching uh, Tenet.
0: Which is very confusing. I've just a movie with my mom. <laughs> 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 if only that armed. Asha pauses and then starts rabbiting on about how ITV Corey didn't do it. The police quickly detect Asha as a weak link in this story and press her and she caves and admits that she was with Amy. But ITV Corey, wanting me to lie, just proves that he didn't do it. Oh, pig's tits, says ITV Corey. And he gets arrested on suspicion of the assault of Nina and the murder of Seb. What have I done? says Asha. Yeah. Weatherfield Forensics apparently are quite happy to go about their work while the occupants of the homes remain in residence and are even accepting visitors in the form of Amy. Right. ITV Corey's trainers are bagged, tagged and taken away.
2: However, they do a much better job than they did when they went through Yasmin and, and, <laughs> and <laughs> Tim's dad's house. Missed the cameras. And missed the cameras and didn't seem to bag anything. <laughs> <laughs> and weren't wearing the hazmat suits. Right. At the police
0: station, the cops are pressurising Kelly for her story. <coughs> Imran urges her to tell the truth, which I'm not sure is really the advice of a solicitor, and is more the advice of a foster father. But Kelly, she keeps stoom. Mm. Back at the flat, Asha is at least realising that ITV Cory put her in an awful position, but she's still of the opinion that he's innocent. Amy tells her to open her fucking eyes and smell the coffee. He's as guilty as get out. She always knew he was bad news. Asha does a people's eyebrow, but keeps quiet. Mm. Then we see ITV Stefan. (coughs) He's allowed to see ITV Corey at the cop shop and if ITV Corey was actually beginning to feel some remorse or responsibility for his actions on any level, those feelings are quickly brushed away when ITV Stefan tells his son that he'll get him out of here. Just keep your mouth shut. ITV Corey seems most worried about his non-existent football career through all of this.
2: I know. That was...
0: The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. No,
2: no. Yeah i've lost i've lost my chance to play football professionally when
0: he's just been given we, a a youth contract with where they
2: right and we've never seen him play or express any sort of interest in playing
0: he's been to training once <laughs> he spends all the rest of his day on the couch playing xbox right eats curries right Even at a young age, I think you kind of look after yourself a little bit better than that if if you want to be a professional athlete.
2: James takes really good care of himself and his parents both say, oi, lay off the carbs there, pal.
0: And frankly, it shows.
2: Yeah. More James in the show.
0: So Asha goes to visit Nina at the hospital, waking her up after Roy has carefully cared for her to sleep. She's not here for trouble. She just needs a couple of minutes. So Asha does her usual apology with caveats thing. She admits to not giving ITV Corey an alibi, which means that she lied to Nina before. And when it became clear that Asha still doesn't believe ITV Corey did any of this, Nina loses her temper. Tells Asha she doesn't care about what happened to Seb. All she cares about is cleaning her own conscience. Well, Nina doesn't forgive her. And she never will. Mm Mm-hmm. The police tried to question ITV Corey, but despite the severity of the situation, he no comments his way through the start of the interview, but admits that he doesn't have an alibi, but he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And even ITV Stefan doesn't look convinced.
2: Yeah.
0: And she goes home to Dev, her best mates hate her for lying, and her boyfriend hates her for telling the truth. He's been arrested. Maybe the millions of people who think ITV Corey did do it have a point, she says, and she asks to move back home. Dev nods and manages to conceal his glee. <laughs> Just... Then Toya's at the Rovers, oh Jesus, unburdening herself onto Jenny about Kelly the Chin. Sharon's there and thinks it would be useful for Toya to get Leanne's perspective on all this. But the collective willpower of 10 million people shouting, oh do fuck off Sharon at the TV, (laughs) makes Jenny Jenny and Toya agree that Leanne doesn't need to know about any of this.
2: Right, yeah, that they have enough on their plate. And Toya doesn't know how to get a hold of Leanne
0: at that point sharon went full pantomime villain
2: yeah absolutely she it might was as well have a
0: twirly mustache
2: it was the most ridiculous bit of sharon that we've seen and we've seen some ridiculousness
0: right itv cory has been let go although he's under orders to live with itv stefan and is accompanied to the flat by yet another policeman who isn't craig dev is there with asha and tells itv corey if he ever goes near asha again he'll break every bone in his body you're dumped says dev which seems to sting asha more than it does itv corey
2: although (laughs) itv corey is he he comes in and he just immediately starts yelling and berating asha and everything right in front of that police officer it's like yeah this doesn't make you look guilty at all sir
0: Kelly the Chin has been released and Imran pisses on Toya's chips when he explains it's under investigation while they wait on forensics it isn't the end it's just the beginning then on Wednesday at the flat Toya and Imran are having a crisis of confidence they don't know how to help Kelly the Chin or if they even should then Kelly comes out of her room and leaves ignoring the brew that Toya's made and everything what a monster right and she goes in to see ITV Corey she's spoken with Imran and reckons that telling the truth might be the best thing ITB Yeah. Co- because he's a lawyer.
2: Right. And also they're back in that flat.
0: I know. Were they packing? I'm I'm not sure.
2: Uh, no, because the police officer wasn't with him anymore. Because the police were making sure that he went back to his parents' house. And then what then
0: I was confused by the Then that they as leave well.
2: again, the police? They're like, Alright, well, we've gotten you here. Now we're done.
0: Because he was there in how the flat that... on his own at that point.
2: Right, yeah. So how does that prevent him from just sneaking back and living there again? Huh.
0: ITV Cory calls Imran more open university than Oxbridge.
2: Yeah, he can fuck right off. <laughs> he can fuck right off. Nobody goes after Imran on my watch.
0: And I ask Kelly what in her pea-sized brain makes her think that telling the truth is a good idea. And at this, ITV Stefan <laughs> literally bursts into the flat like a superhero. <laughs> or a super villain. Asking what the fuck is going on ITV Stefan throws Kelly the chin out And then warns ITV Corey That if he was in the area of the attack Maybe just trying to help You know Mm -hmm. Trying to help the situation Forensics will be all over that that Like flies on shite So if that's the case He needs to go tell the police now Before they come to their own conclusions This is called controlling the narrative Mm -hmm. Isn't it Helen? Yes it is Imran and Toya are still as conflicted when they bump into Kelly the Chin later on the street. Tommy explains that the social services are assessing whether it's safe for her to stay with him, but Imran assures her that she isn't alone in all this. And just like that, Laura the Chin shows back up again. Yes, she does. <laughs> I didn't hate her as much be- beforehand. She's really? Now, she's now really reprehensible now, isn't she? Laura the
2: Chin. She was already reprehensible. She left a child on her own with no care in the world right. just bye so Laura the Chin came as soon
0: as she heard and it has nothing to do with getting dumped by her latest bloke but it's just as well she arrived when she did what with the bother that Kayla the Chin's gotten into with her man and Toya and she knocks any idea of Cobb operating with the police on the head say now is Laura the Chin's advice
2: yeah which is turns out to be very very bad advice
0: so ITV Corey and ITV Stefan get to the police station while Abby's still there Whoa. oh You better hand yourself in, you fucking scumbag, Abby says. Whoa, 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 woman, says ITV Stefan. Oh, God. And for once, ITV Corey isn't the worst person in the conversation. He tells Abby he's here to set the record straight and to tell the truth.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Then Emran gets a call asking Kelly the Chin to come and answer some more questions, but Laura the Chin says that she'll land this plane and deliver this baby herself. and She goes off with her daughter. Emran insists that she needs a lawyer. Toy, who seems quite pleased that Kelly the Chin has been taken off their hands by Laura the Chin, tells Imran to let her go. Then Billy comes along to tell him that Laura knocked him up this morning.
2: But not like that.
0: And didn't even know Kelly was in trouble until Billy's, Billy's lips got a flapping.
2: But not like that.
0: Oh. Imran races to the police station and confronts Laura with the Billy information, and now he's representing Kelly again. Let's get cracking, says the copper. Kelly the Chin, says the policeman. Where were you on the night in question? She denies having anything to do with anything, but it's revealed that forensics have found blood splatter on her clothes and there's new information to suggest that she was the driving force behind this attack. (sighs) Later, in private, Imran advises Kelly the Chin that her window of telling the truth and being in control of this is narrowing quickly and he urges her to come clean about her role in the attack. She says that she can't. He and Toya will hate her. Irman explains that when they fostered her, it was a commitment to care for her, and he's not about to back off now. So, back with the police. Kelly admits to following Seb and Nina, and it was just verbals and nothing too heavy, but it got crazy quickly. Summer had already gone home at this point. Eli pushed over Nina. ITV Corey attacked Seb and kicked fuck out of him. Kelly the Chin claims that she was trying to pull ITV Corey off, don't, to get him to stop. The cop plays a voicemail and we hear a female laughing and it had to be Kelly the Chin because Summer had already gone home. And then it's revealed that ITV Corey has told a different story and have DNA to prove that she struck Nina in the face. Mm. Kelly admits to the slap but says it was before things got nasty. Mm. man keeps his mouth shut and looks like he wishes that he'd left this to Laura the Chin. Mm. And according to ITV Corey, Kelly the Chin kicked Seb's head like a football because yes. she looks... Like she's capable of that.
2: right, yeah. This is physically. This is where this is where this whole thing just falls apart, and you'd think that the cops would realize this, okay? Right,
0: because he also said that he was the one that tried to pull her off.
2: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's we, like
0: twice the size of her.
2: Yeah, we Kelly the Chin kicked. Surely, surely they they can look at the wounds on Seb's body. And mm-hmm. say, and and look at Kelly, and look at Kelly's feet and say, nah, surely, surely.
0: I imagine that Kelly Chin did get a couple of kicks in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't imagine that she was the one that kicked anybody's head about.
2: No, like a football. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really weird that she's the one who kicked somebody's head like a football and not, oh, I don't know, the footballer. Mm-hmm hmm
0: but he gave his statement voluntarily she only gives answers when presented with incontrovertible evidence who am i supposed to believe Say the police
2: right but when he was first yeah that happened the second time he was brought in by his skeevy dad it didn't happen the first time when the police brought him in
0: no he uh, he lied about an alibi
2: right yeah he's he's a proven liar mm-hmm. the police know this kid lies Proven liar, but we're going to take his statement as fact. Why? Because his dad is rich?
0: Because his dad owns seriously? And
2: hey, <laughs> yeah, It's ridiculous.
0: Emran gets home without Kayla the Chin. She's in custody up in court tomorrow. ITV Corey has gone from prime suspect to star witness and pinned the whole lot on Kayla the Chin. And she's been charged with Nina's assault and Seb's murder. Imran believes that she didn't do it, but Toya rightly points out that around Coronation Street, no one's going to give a fuck whether she did it or not. Charged means guilty. Imran says they have to stand by her and help her prove her innocence. Toya does a little head wobble that says, yeah, or we could just say that we lost her. (laughs) On Friday, Laura turns up to shout at Imran for supposedly representing Kelly right into a murder charge. If she gets out, Laura has applied to get custody of her daughter again. Imran spits that this is all Laura's fault for abandoning her in the first place Mm -hmm. But Laura claims that she wants to make things right Mm. And by the way, fuck you When she leaves, Imran insists that Kelly's better with them And Toya's looking like she's wishing that they'd stuck with babies (laughs) At Kelly's bail hearing Abby and Laura the Chin are in attendance While Imran makes a plea for Kelly to be granted bail She's not a flight risk and she can be tagged But the judge isn't interested in bail And it's refused because the charges are so severe and Kelly will be remanded in a training facility, whatever the fuck that is. I guess a young offenders, Right, something.
2: yeah, juvie.
0: So Imran gets home. Toya cares so much about this that she didn't go to court or phone Imran at any point, so surprised when Kelly the Chin doesn't get back with him. Imran is distraught and again insists that Kelly will need all the support, but Toya doesn't look like she's on board and suggests that whenever Kelly gets out, the last place she should be is anywhere near Coronation Street, which means that she should be nowhere near them. This isn't a bad point. And Imran looks crushed. And I didn't do it this time.
2: Good job. Although it's obvious he's projecting his sister and the fact that he wasn't able to save his sister onto Kelly. You think? Yeah, this is exactly what's happening.
0: Because there's a school of thought that their, their reactions to this and and Toyas would mm-hmm. be better suited if they were. Oops, punch the microphone. If they were reversed,
2: mm-hmm. no, I think it's much more interesting for for the man to be the one to at this point be the more kind of maternal and and we gotta stick by this kid no matter what. I think I think that's very intriguing, and also I yeah I firmly believe that Imran is is projecting Rana onto to Kelly and the fact that he wasn't able to save his young younger sister right? but he can save this that's an interesting point younger yeah. teenager from from herself mm-hmm. and and from from all of this
0: because nothing that Toy is saying at this point is wrong
2: no but on the other side you know nothing Imran's saying is really wrong either they both make excellent points. Like Imran's saying, would you be saying the same thing if she was our biological child?
0: Right. And that is a good point. Yeah. Yeah, they're both making good points. Yeah. Toya, I think, though, is... Again, she will say at some point, they've been looking after her for five minutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This isn't their responsibility. Yeah. But Imran's point is, it is their responsibility. Right, yeah. <laughs> because they agree to foster her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're just... He just wants to see through the, the promise that was made at that point absolutely well it turns out to be a moot point anyway social services will rehouse Kelly when she gets out Toy thinks it's for the best but Imran thinks that they failed her Toy doesn't agree and doesn't think this is due to anything that they've done well well, uh, well what if it's something that we didn't do asks Imran like and give I can, her a
2: curfew and make right, sure that, that, that she was home that's the obvious thing like it's it's like Kelly was more a roommate than anything else mm-hmm. and in fairness, Toya did try to put the smack down a little bit, and Imran said, "No, no, no, let her be a kid," and maybe, maybe he shouldn't have done that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were trying to be too right on and right, and too well. You know, we were kids too. Blah blah right. blah, blah blah.
2: Yeah, but but she really needed structure and rules. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what she really needed. And if any if any parents on the street could have provided structure and rules to this child it should have been Imran and Toya you know the lawyer and the
0: social worker worker salesperson at the knicker factory
2: therapist person
0: just don't meet her in the bistro (laughs) (laughs) so Toya points out that she's been living with them for 15 minutes and has been charged with murder it's not their fault Imran maintains that they made a promise that he intends to keep on the street, Laura the Chin starts laying in and running Toya, accusing them of cutting Kelly the Chin loose because she's not good enough for the two of them. But Toya isn't about to take any of this because we can remember what uh, stock Toya came from. Mm-hmm. And she lays down some truth bombs on Laura. Where the fuck have you been for the last six months when you were needed? Laura says it wasn't her fault. Never is for the likes of you, says Toya. Are you calling me a bad mother? I'm calling you a disgraceful mother, says Toya. Yeah. And when Laura picks up that Toya can't have kids of her own... Toya points out that at least she knows what it's like to have a child look to her for love and for guidance. Something that Laura the Chin will never experience. Yeah. And that was Shut fucking her incredible. hmm In the factory, after the scene, Toya opens up to Sarah and Sarah who thought that she was going to have to pull Toya off. Mm-hmm. But not like that. There we go. We can do it that time. Mm-hmm. Toya isn't sure about any of this. It's such a mess. Imran's representing Kelly the Chin, which arguably maybe he shouldn't be doing.
2: Right, yeah, there's a conflict yeah, of interest there.
0: Abby lives round the corner and she's friends with Nina. How are any of them going to feel about this? And what if she really is guilty? Such a mess. So Sarah gives Toya the rest of the day off. So when she goes home and tells Imran that they didn't do what they're doing to help kids who have it easy, they're doing what they're doing to help people like Kelly the Chin. And she's ashamed of her, that her first instinct was to run. She agrees with Imran now. Kelly needs someone in her corner, whether or not, that she's guilty. Mm -hmm. And Imran is so touched by this that they definitely get their hole after that.
2: Oh, thank God.
0: (laughs) And that's as far as we get with that bit. And they both say I
2: love you to one another and it's so sweet. Because it it looked
0: like this was going to be something that was going to be a real wedge between them, right? Because their position on it was so uh, disparate and there didn't seem to be any... Any way to fix that because, like we said, nobody was wrong. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really a, a wrong uh, opinion to back away from. Right. But yeah, I'm glad that Toya kind of came around because yeah. wh- while they both weren't wrong, no. Imran was more right. <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 Right, just, I know I'm biased, but. <laughs>
0: I think the whole world's biased. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Imran and Toya are my favorites. I can't help it. So, yeah. I, so any any speculation that something might come between them, I'm heavily against. Mm-hmm.
0: Emra's not having much luck in court these days, though. No,
2: he really isn't. Maybe he shouldn't said, have said to the judge that he's also Kelly's foster I didn't parent. I don't
0: think that was a good thing to say. No. Either, but it's the truth. I mean,
2: it's the truth, but
0: don't mention it. Don't right. say. Don't say that you're not her foster parent. Right? Yeah. Just don't say just, it at all.
2: Yeah, because it is a blatant conflict of interest. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course, of course you want bail for this kid.
0: How do you think Abby's going to react to this? <sighs> because now Kelly's been charged. And I think what Toya said roundabout, nobody's going to care whether or not that's true. The fact mm-hmm. that she's been charged means that she's guilty in a lot of people's eyes. And the way that Abby's going this week
2: I think Abby rightly, no matter what the police say, knows that that Corey was the mastermind of this, that he was heavily involved because when the and we'll talk about this, hopefully when it happens, when Mm -hmm. the police come to her and tell her that certain people have been charged when Corey's name isn't mentioned in, in people who have been charged. Right. Abby goes off. Mm -hmm. That's when she really flies off the rails.
0: I'm not saying that somebody of Kelly's size and build is impossible for her to be so violent and so aggressive that she's capable of killing somebody because that's not what. That's not the differentiator between whether somebody's capable of that or not. Right. Because you don't know what people are capable of. Right. But. No. You look at the two of them. Yeah. You look at her in the the lineup photograph that right. they got, and she's the smallest out of the lot. Right. With, I think maybe some are round about the same size as them. Right. But all, the, all the, the boys are much bigger. Yes. Taller. hmm Bigger built. hmm And frankly, look <laughs> far more aggressive than she does. Yes. So you look at the two of them in that situation, and yeah. you wonder... Who had the strength to stop or fail to stop right. something happening? Right. Is it ITV Cora or is it Kayla the Chin? Yeah. Which of the two of them look like they have it in them <clears> to <throat> kick the fuck out of somebody's head.
2: And it's, it's frustrating because, did he throw those sneakers away?
0: He washed them. He put them in the washing machine.
2: Okay, because they bagged those.
0: Mm-hmm. There's yep. bound to be blood splatter. Well, there yeah, as well.
2: washing your sneakers does not completely remove blood splatter.
0: No, and especially it it's suspicious that you not, try to
2: not, especially not a teenager, teenage boy's uh, ability to wash something. Right. <laughs> you know, so it, it's really frustrating me to me that the forensics came back and supposedly cleared. ITV Corey.
0: Well, we don't know that. We know that it implicated Kelly, and I I absolutely believe that there's blood splatter on her shoes because she was part of it, right? And she got a few kicks in, right? But the the way that it's been implied is that you're right, is that there's nothing on 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 Corey's,
2: yeah? And that's that can't possibly be true. That can't possibly be true. So this really frustrates me. And just Ugh. And it, 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 it feels like they're trying to also show a little bit of bias on the side of the police that that we'll believe this kid from from, from the home. upper class.
0: Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. We'll
2: believe the kid from the upper class mm-hmm. and we will even though he's proven he's a proven liar and we will Doubt the words of this girl who's in foster care right. and down on her luck and everything else. Even though before this, before Rick the Chin disappeared, you know, she was going to an elite school mm-hmm. and her family had money, too. Right. So How quickly, I don't know.
0: We'll swing back to this again at the end. In the meantime, our next storyline is uh, touching on Tyrone and Alina. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> On Monday at the flat, Alina's looking at new flats with Emma, getting all excited and stuff when Tyrone rushes through and heads for the door. He has to open the garage because Kev and Abby are otherwise engaged because Seb's dead.
2: No, but he doesn't say Seb's dead. He's not the one who tells them Seb's dead. Just that, you know, he has to he has to go because set you know, Abby and Kev are oh, right. at work. Because of the attack. Yeah.
0: Then four-fifths of an episode later, after leaving the house, Tyrone has worked out that both Alina and Emma have had their whole of a Seb in the past and so goes back home to be sympathetic sympathetic to them while they talk about him being a swell guy in that.
2: Right, but he's not the one who told them Seb's dead.
0: You've already said that?
2: Right. Are so you going
0: to say that after every paragraph that we read out?
2: No, but you didn't, you didn't explain how Alina and... Emma now know that Seb is dead. How do they know? Somebody else came in afterwards. Who was it? Who came in afterwards and told them?
0: Oh, you seem to be belly big knowledge on it.
2: Well, now I can't remember who it was.
0: Well, maybe you should have been fucking notes then.
2: Well, you know, you're the one who does the notes, not me.
0: Emma wants to do something to remember him by. Yes. Meanwhile, Fizz is offering her condolences to Kev on the street when Tyrone walks by with flowers, and she gives him a hard time. You never bought me flowers. Guess I wasn't young or pretty enough, she says.
2: Yeah, white lilies. Maybe maybe pick up on the context there, Fizz. Tyrone, Nobody buys white lilies for somebody they're getting their hole off of.
0: Tyrone, I'll take a note.
2: Unless it's Jesus.
0: Tyrone explains that they're for Seb, and Fizz now gives him a hard time for buying such a measly bunch. <laughs> Then Emma and Alina have turned the, meto- the metaphorical community garden into a memorial to Seb. Fizz comes along and apologises for earlier. Tyrone claims to have forgotten about it already, but knew what she was talking about, so hadn't. Mm-hmm. That's as far as we got with that. Mm. I'm unsure why it was necessary to uh, portray Fizz in such an uncaring light well, during do- be- <laughs> do- do- any of that.
2: Because that's the way they've been portraying Fizz in this whole Fizz versus Tyrone storyline I think Tyrone has
0: been portrayed as the rotter
2: don't you yeah but she's the nag they've they've, they've portrayed her as someone who yes you would absolutely want to get away from
0: Alan Partridge last week (laughs) he said uh, hen picking works works for hens (laughs) it does our next storyline this morning is summer on Monday Todd goes around to see Summer, but she doesn't hang around and quickly leaves. Billy feels the need to pray, so talks Todd into joining him. So he gets down on the floor, takes a deep breath, and we cut away. At Roy's Rolls, Todd the Prick is able to weasel it out of Summer that she was there with Nina and said before the attack with Kelly the Chin and ITV Corey, but they were there in a stolen car, which is why she hasn't said anything, because if she gets into trouble, she might not get to university because of what ITV Corey told her. Mm we need to tell billy says todd
2: and also fuck
0: billy we need to tell the police
2: yeah and also um hi that's not going to keep you out of university right says todd that's it's it's okay it's not i mean it's not okay but that's not going to keep you out of university she kind of
0: does seem to think that it's okay being in a stolen car
2: right it's just kids this is what kids do
0: thankfully Billy never did that did you do that in a stolen car no Thankfully, Billy's suggestion is to do just that, go to the police, while Todd mutters that joyriding isn't that much of a big deal, which I guess comparatively it isn't, although I doubt we're going to find out the effect that that crime has had on its victims, Mm. the poor unsuspecting owners of that car. Right. On Wednesday, Billy has cleared his day of all non-vital religious duties so he can spend time with Summer, but she's off to school, thank you very much, and she insists that she's okay. Billy looks that way he does when he wants to interfere and tell someone what they're feeling but suspects that he shouldn't and Summer doesn't go to school no. she goes to the metaphorical slash memorial garden where she's found by Paul she reveals that social media is blaming her for what happened maybe they're right they shouldn't have been there in the first place and she should have dragged Kelly the Chin home with her when she left
2: it's weird though isn't it that social media is blaming her isn't that weird a little.
0: Summer decides to go to school after all and face the music. Um, I, I would not imagine that social media has exploded to blame Summer, but right. I can imagine that her pals are, on, particularly the pals of, well, is she going to be pals with people, people who are pals with Nina and Seb? Not really. unlikely.
2: No, because both of them are out of school. Both of them have been out of school and Nina didn't go to school in the same area.
0: I do think that Summer could have done more though.
2: she Yeah, like, in the initial thing, yeah. She should have said, no, Kelly, come home with me.
0: And she could have said something to her pals to, like, stop ripping the piss out of Nina, because that's why she left in the first place. Right, because... Because, oh, I just can't stand all this Nina hatred, so I'm going home. Well, well, how do you think Nina's feeling about it? Right. Yeah, she she was very quick to to leave and not really do very much to help the situation. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm blaming her. No. But she could have done more, hmm. and she'll have to live with that.
2: Yeah. On and Friday. also, she got in that she got in that car, and even when she found out that it was stolen, she didn't leave right away, and and she allowed herself to be cowed by Kelly, mm-hmm. which would never have happened with the old summer.
0: I wasn't going to be the first person to say it, but <laughs> f- facts are facts. Yeah. On Friday, Paul runs into Todd outside Roy's Rolls and asks. If, after Summer, who seemed off the last time that he spoke to her, Todd is a prick and says if something was up, she'd talk to him or Billy. Paul reminds him, It's hard to open up to your parents, especially when one of them is such a prick like you. Just keep your eye on her, he says.
2: Yeah. And also, fuck you, Todd.
0: <laughs> who do you think fuck was looking you. after Summer?
2: Yeah, well, you were fucking off.
0: And the Paul whole reason, is, the is, whole reason why Paul's not in that house anymore
2: It's because of you, you fucking asshole. Right. Fuck you, Todd. Fuck you very much. At home, poor Paul.
0: Todd is complaining to Billy about Paul's interfering, and what he, and what does he know about Summer anyway?
2: Oh well, he can just fuck right off.
0: <laughs> when Billy gets a call to let him know that Summer hasn't turned up to school today, so when Summer gets home, she admits to skipping school. Uh-huh. She just needed space. What with everything that's going on, she's tired and goes to lie down, leaving Billy to rub his brow. What did Paul say? He asks. And Todd reacts badly to this and storms out. Yes, he does. So Todd goes round to see Paul to apologise for how he reacted earlier and to thank him for having Summer's back. And if he ever needs to talk to someone about the guilt that he feels about making Seb dress up in a bin bag, Todd is happy to lend an ear.
2: That's not exactly what he said. He said, I'm sure you're feeling sad too because you've lost your workmate. Right. Yeah. And don't call me if you need an ear because we've just established that we're not the kind of people who go and have pints together
0: Right. You did establish that
2: which fair enough because Todd is not exactly the type of person that you'd want to to bend an ear to not exactly an empathetic person
0: he's Paul, always out for himself Paul lives rent free in Todd's head Yeah, and it's kind of w- great
2: really not the other way around no Paul seems to have moved on and stuff and is genuinely, genuinely concerned about summer, cares about summer, as he should, because he he is, no matter what Todd says, Paul will always be kind of a parent to summer, mm-hmm. because he has been a parent to summer, you know, much more than Todd has past
0: well, few years. Paul certainly saw through that very difficult transition phase from...
2: One face to another.
0: From yeah, one yeah. summer to, to new summer.
2: Yeah. And also, you know
0: But Todd's reaction to any time that Paul's,
2: Paul's name's mentioned, mentioned, yeah. Or
0: Paul might have a better handle on something, or right. Paul might or have some useful information on right. something. Or
2: Paul asks about crazy. something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: it's because he knows he knows that his time is tenuous. Mm. He knows that truth will out eventually someday.
0: Right. He's seen the show. Yeah. <laughs> Our next storyline this morning is about the Baileys. Finally. We got some Bailey action. We
2: got some Bailey action. (laughs) Including, you know, an acknowledgement that Ed was Seb's uh, boss. boss, So, you know, Ed may be feeling feelings as well. It's nice that, you know, it's briefly acknowledged that that might be true.
0: But then we do something, (sighs) something very strange. (sighs) On Wednesday at home Ed is preparing for Glory coming home By dropping screws on the floor And setting up a circular saw in the living room That only (laughs) has room for the massive banister That's there now all of a sudden James remarks that he's closed the yard Which allows Ed two sentences to reflect On how nice Seb was Then there's an abrupt text They're nearly home
2: Finally Michael and Grayson The baby
0: Later James is upstairs reading Glory Rio Ferdinand's autobiography (laughs) That was hilarious. Love that. Meanwhile, downstairs, Ed is showing off the stuff that he's bought on the recommendation of Aggie. There's colic medication, there's teeth and stuff, and the best bum cream there is, which helped Michael's body and his winkle. <laughs> when Glory starts crying, Ed is about to help, but Michael's.
2: <laughs> and he's also bought the wrong diapers.
0: But Michael's already gone up the stairs in twos. Yeah, but there's Aggie's recommendations. Right, yeah. But those aren't the ones that. That
2: Grace wants that to Grace. use.
0: She wants Glory to shit in something different.
2: Yes. And you know. Fair enough. Is it? Yeah.
0: You case. don't just say thank you.
2: Not necessarily, because she may have bought like the more environmentally friendly biodegradable diapers and stuff. As as opposed to hardcore diapers that will that will exist long after the nuclear holocaust that will destroy us all. Although it's probably not going to be a nuclear holocaust. It's probably going to be like another huge pandemic.
0: It's a strain of this. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Later. Michael takes Ed to the pub and tells him he's been too full on with the kid and tells his dad to leave his own house and go see Aggie for a while.
2: No, no, no. No. That was Ed's idea. Uh, he's Michael kind of guided Michael, towards it. N- well, no, Michael just says that You know, he and Grace want to be able to have the room to breathe and to make their own mistakes. And that's a fair point. It is a fair point.
0: He and Grace want to make their own mistakes, and Ed agrees. (laughs)
2: Then
0: Ronnie comes out to offer to buy them a drink, but Ed and Michael act like he's just farted in their faces, and Michael (laughs) leaves. Ed tells Ronnie not to take it to heart. Ronnie starts to feel sorry for himself, never having set down roots anywhere, What this has to do with anything, I'm not sure.
2: It has nothing to do with anything.
0: Ed suggests that Ronnie can't build any bridges until he understands that he was the one what tore them down in the first place. Mm -hmm. Wise words from Edison. Yes. So on Friday, Ed's ready to leave and throws the keys to the Jesus camper van to Michael and asks him to keep it ticked over when he's gone. Ronnie appears out of nowhere and advises taking the heap of shite to the Scrappies.
2: Which is absolutely ridiculous because as many people on the Twitter... Have have stated that that Volkswagen uh, camper. There's no way Ed would have been able to buy that for only a thousand dollars. Yeah, they're, they're ridiculously expensive. They're ridiculously the collector's expensive items. collectors' items and very rare. <laughs> so Ronnie can just fuck himself.
0: <laughs> Ed wonders why Ronnie always has to bring him down, and then he leaves. Back at the Rovers, Ronnie is telling Jenny that he doesn't think Ed will ever forgive him for claiming that he knocked up Aggie. That Ed knows how to hold a grudge. Like it's the most ridiculous thing to still be angry about. Oh, come on, I only, only nearly took your son and your grandchild away from you.
2: Right, that. and just inserted myself into this moment of joy for everyone and made the whole thing about me instead right. of Grace and the baby.
0: I still like Ronnie, though.
2: Although, in fairness, he's the only one who said anything about, you know, the racial profiling that happened to Grace and was the only one who seemed to care
0: he was the only one that was outraged about it
2: right something that nobody seems to care about anymore <laughs> why why are they not talking about taking Fresh Ghosts to court or you know demanding that that guy be arrested why Why? Is- <sighs> <laughs> breathe Helen. Bree You're
0: fond of things breathing. Ronnie thinks that it's time to move on and worried that she'll lose his rent. She talks him into making a grand gesture. Ronnie thinks this is a great idea but it's going to need her help.
2: And also Jenny has a thing for Ronnie. Yeah. It's so obvious. And he has a thing for her too. It's so obvious. The chemistry is just so well, well, steamy already.
0: I think it's gone from chemistry to Something that's verging on being quite explicit about it Which we'll get to Yes So the plan seems to be for Jenny to invite Michael and Grace to the Rovers To wet the baby's head And the drinks are on her Michael isn't sure Because Gloria's due a nap But Grace has accepted Before Jenny's even finished asking
2: (laughs) Good for her
0: In the Rovers Gemma has everyone distracted With her Joker mask And tails of pissing herself And fresh clothes And her boobs Which allows Ronnie to go into Michael's jacket pocket And steal the keys For the Jesus camper van Mm Mm-hmm He's going to go and get it all pimped up, he tells Jenny later. Yes. And Ed is going to love it, which means that Ed is going to hate it. it.
2: No, because the whole point, one of the whole points of it was that he and the boys were going to work on it together and it was going to be something that was going to bring them together and kind of try to heal all of this rupture that Ronnie has caused in their family.
0: Right. And it was realizing a dream that he had with Aggie. Right. Ronnie's no part of this. No. (laughs) And Ronnie has no idea what that dream looked like. Maybe the dream was going away in a a beat up classic Jesus camper van. Mm -hmm. Having it pimped up doesn't sound like it's going to be looking anything like how it looks at the moment.
2: Right.
0: It sounds like it's.
2: It sounds like more than just a new coat of paint.
0: Hydraulic axles and all that kind of nonsense going on. If I've learned anything from Pimp from my ride. 30 years ago <laughs> but then Ronnie asks Jenny how she wants paid do you want paid benefits in kind
1: uh-huh.
0: and she says I find that Oink. I find Oink. that uh, cold hard cash rarely disappoints she says
2: <laughs> yeah very mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I do
2: declare clutching my pearls <laughs>
0: You have got my heart a flutter sir.
2: I'm like that uh that uh that gif of uh
0: Leonardo DiCaprio?
2: No, no The Golden Girls where uh um Blanche has the water bottle and she sprays herself with the water bottle and goes whew <laughs> Squirt squirt <"Whoo.">
0: Squirt <laughs> Do you think something's gonna happen? If that happens, Johnny is done.
2: <laughs> yeah. A, a tall, handsome, able bodied man mm-hmm. versus Johnny.
0: <laughs> Constantly going about chili con carne. <laughs>
2: uh, it would be it would be devastating because, you know, she made they she made such a big deal about standing by him and she'll be there for him when he comes out and everything when he's like no you know go live your life
0: forget about me forget about me just come and visit me every now and again
2: also let's remember ronnie is still married
0: oh that's true
2: although we haven't seen his wife yeah, in that like to over a month much to that's <laughs> that's never is, is that ever going to be explained do you think
0: Let's just get the sinkhole done. Let's get that explained and then we can move on to lesser things. So penultimate storyline today is Educating Daniel. On Friday in Roy's Rolls, Sam is under the impression that David reads books. And asks his opinion of Treasure Island. Daniel overhears and remarks uh, that for comprehension tasks, you really need to know what the questions really asking. How the fuck would you know, demands Sam. And so it comes out that Daniel is a student teacher, so Sam ropes him into helping him for this Oak Hill entry exam thing or something, who cares? Yeah. And David's
2: very keen on this because David just wants
0: someone to take Sam off of his hands. And Mersey Tart mentioned this on Twitter, but everyone in the story has just said, fuck it, I'm taking the day off because Sam should be at school, Daniel (laughs) should be at college, and David should be at work. Yes. At number eight, Daniel turns up to tutor Sam, but it turns out that Sam doesn't accept any old Muppet as his teacher (laughs) and has an entry exam of his own, and he's got a stopwatch and everything.
2: I mean, I hate it and I love it at the same time.
1: (laughs)
0: It's two reasonably annoying characters, annoying each other. So I'm kind of on board. And,
2: and, and, and that's it. You know, if it was anybody but Daniel, I would hate this. Mm-hmm. But because it's Daniel, I love this. Right. It's also very young Sheldon, though, isn't it? Still?
0: Yeah, I think this is episode four of young <laughs> Sheldon. <laughs> I'd need to check. Daniel has scraped through with a pass, but doesn't know if he wants uh, the job because Sam is high maintenance. Thanks very much, says Sam. <laughs> and he offers Daniel 30 quid an hour. Daniel's about to bite Sam's hand off, but pushes for 35. Deal. David yeah. thinks that Natasha is going to kill Sam. But Sam says, yeah, she'll be fine. Yeah. It's, it's an investment.
2: Right. She's got the money. Right. We know she's got the money. She's a very wealthy woman.
0: Yeah. Whatever happened to that 50 grand? She offered 50 grand for all of her fund.
2: Right. And she transferred it and they got it and she they used it.
0: She did pay that because I thought that Nick had turned it down. Then Leanne found out that Nick had turned it down. And and got
2: very angry. So then Nick said, well, we'll take it after all. And she asked for his bank stuff. And you thought that she was bad. You thought she was going to steal money from Nick. But it turns out you were wrong. And shame on you. Shame on you for accusing this nice woman of being a bad person. I'm
0: not accepting that I'm wrong in this yet. (laughs) I think the story's got some some legs yet.
2: Mm.
0: Anyway, she does seem to have the money. Yes. And now she's down in that London, right? Having her dreams set asunder. Mm-hmm. People will stab you just just for looking at them uh, in that London,
2: right? Unless unless you're unless it's the 1990s and you're a goth, and then it's the safest place to be.
0: Apparently so.
2: Thank you, Wendy. You know we. Um,
0: Actually, my memory of London, being there with my mum. Was when I was just starting to be into Iron Maiden. Uh huh. And so I'd have been maybe 10. <laughs> and I'm walking about London with my mum wearing a uh, Iron Maiden, the Trooper t shirt. Mm-hmm. And I got compliments for that t shirt all day Aww. that I wore it from everybody. Oh. Here's just we kids wearing <laughs> a vaguely offensive t shirt. <laughs> I've got a part on the head. I got parted on the head. Love the T-shirt kid. Mm-hmm. Pe- so yeah, I, I, t- I tend to agree with Wendy on that. Yeah, it was the safest place.
2: Man, people people love ironic children. You know, it's it's why South Park is so successful. You know, Ooh, kids who swear. Mm-hmm. Oh, although it's more than kids who swear now, but right. initially kids right. who swear, and it's hilarious. So, and I mean, I went to high school where ninety percent of the of my male classmates looked exactly like Robert Smith, so my high school was definitely a safe space for Really? Yeah
0: I was, in my year I was maybe one of five or six washers
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so we had long hair, kind of smelly, leather jackets that kind of thing. So, no change there, (laughs) apart from the hair. Although it is getting a little Hollywood at the moment It Um, is
2: not, you just shaved it all off
0: um, There was maybe a similar number of goths Mm -hmm. That we got on with okay Didn't like their music, they didn't like ours Mm -hmm. But the fact that they were passionate about music And we were as well Gave us some common ground Mm -hmm. And then there was just everybody else And everybody else was kind of generic Pop music, Mm -hmm. all looked like broth At the time (laughs)
2: i have De- no idea De- who that is
0: deacon blue ish
2: okay yeah
0: stone roses maybe a little right. bit and then yeah so that was kind of the, the kind of makeup of yeah. my school
2: yeah of course now i see them on facebook and not a single one of them looks like robert smith anymore no yeah. except maybe robert smith except for maybe weight wise
0: right oh, he a big guy now he's
2: put on some pounds
0: yeah, that's covid yeah our final storyline today... Not as bad as Morris though. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like a casserole. <laughs> our final storyline. Our opening storyline was uh, the criminals. Our closing storyline is the victims. On Monday, Abby's at home with Debbie and Kev. A condolence card is delivered, not by Dustin, but Abby, understandably, is a bit too distant to pretend to be interested that's a strange name for a postman.
2: Don't, don't get
0: many Dustins in the UK.
2: Really? It sounds like a very British name, but then again, Americans think, you know, half the population of the UK is named Nigel, so.
0: <laughs> right, but we both know it's only a third. <laughs> the police liaison officer is speaking with Abby and Kev, but she hasn't got much to tell them. The cops haven't arrested ITV Cory or Kelly The Chin at this point and the lack of action Is frustrating Abby despite Kev's Best efforts insisting that everyone Is doing everything by the book and this is for the best In the hospital Nina is out of bed and looking terrible As Abby tells her that the police Are being all chocolate teapots here And she needs to know anything that Nina knows Nina Wants nothing more than to help But is having trouble remembering anything she explains it was her idea to go home by the canal Where the ran it in the ITV Corey, Kelly the Chin And some unnamed actors in non-speaking roles She doesn't know if it was them who attacked her Abby tells her that she has to remember But the more she tries The more it seems to fade away Abby tells her that she's got to do better And then Roy has to intervene and say I think that's quite enough for just now At home, Abby doesn't know how Nina doesn't remember Kev says maybe it's just because she's had brain surgery And deep down, Abby seems to know this She just wants to know what happened to her son And the liaison officer drops in to update Abby on the rest, But can't tell her anymore They'll have to keep Seb's stuff and his body While forensics are working on them But they found something that they took a copy of And they delivered it to her in a brown envelope Later, she needs to get in contact with the liaison officer But she's lost the card and the contact details and Kev thinks that she should focus on Seb Rather than ITV Corey And maybe open that envelope that the cops gave her But Abby already knows what's in it It's his speech He wouldn't let her hear it And now she never will She Eventually she calms down and reads the speech And it's low on jokes but it's heartfelt She deserved to be happy it says She wishes that she'd told him how much she loved him But Kev says that he knew He was the happiest he'd ever been he says And I think Kev's probably right at that Wouldn't you say? Absolutely Kev takes Abby to the Memorial Garden thing and she seems to get some comfort until she sees ITV Corey getting loaded back into the police car. And inexplicably, ITV Corey shouts that he's getting taken back to his mum and dad's house. He's not going to jail. It seems strange for him to have a conversation or try and instigate a conversation with right. Abby at that moment. But yeah. the plot was, was pleased that, that he did.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because he seems to be rubbing it in.
0: A little bit, yeah.
2: wasn't he? I mean, he has a face. But he
0: has a face saying that he's. He thinks that he's saying something that's helpful When it clearly wasn't On Wednesday, Abby's sitting up in the very early morning Thinking about Bob the Builder and Seb's obsession with fixing things in their shitty flat When he was a kid Kev begs her to come back to bed and get some rest But she declines and asks for some peace At the hospital, Nina's getting ready to leave she needs to get out and try to refresh her memory and stuff. She's going through all the what ifs and it's driving her crazy. But when she winces as she sits down, Roy's concerned that this is all a bit too soon and maybe she shouldn't be checking out just yet. Kev's tried everything with Abby. So he's out of options. So he so calls Sally. Sally. <laughs> so he come round to suggest that she and Abby go for a walk. Maybe that'll make you feel better, getting some fresh air in that. But Abby knows what this is all about. They're both worried that she's going to get off her tits on smack cocaine. Well, she's thought about it, but she isn't going to because she has an image in the head of this four-year-old Seb begging her not to take any of that nasty medicine. And that's putting her off. And again, she asks to be left alone. Abby has a bunch of voicemails, mostly from wedding suppliers, that she, um, she says there's a call from Sarah, from Gina, from Chic Wedding Cake, The Undertaker... And then, Helen, <laughs> what did you say?
2: I'll never tell.
0: Kev offers to help call folk back, but Abby is reluctant to give him her phone because so he has... I'm glad
2: you caught that, because I caught that too, and <laughs> I was like, "Oh
0: He has fat fingers, and she doesn't trust him not to delete Seb's message by mistake. She's too cowardly to listen to it, so he goes off for milk. And on his way back with the milk, Kef has bumped into Sally, who tells him that Tim's told Faye. That's one less person to tell that you probably would never get around to telling in the first place. Then they both watch as well, Abby. Would you tell Faye?
2: Yeah, because Faye dated Seb as well. Oh, no, of
0: course, yeah. Then they both watch as Abby leaves the house, jumps into the car, and drives off. She goes to the police station to let the cops hear the message, which includes sounds of Seb being attacked and somebody laughing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then. Evelyn's back. Yay! She's in Roy's roles where Kirk has been a bit too Kirk, going on about Fizz and Tyrone splitting up. He ends up ordering himself a cream horn, paying for it, and then leaving without picking it up. Roy (laughs) becomes very animated when Evelyn criticises Kirk for being thick as shite in the neck of a bottle. And so he throws her out. Yeah, Cancelled by Cropper, she says. Who'd a thunk it? (laughs) The message is quite significant at the police station. But it's going to take Craig quite some time to run his analysis on it. So they keep Abby's phone for now and we'll be in touch.
2: It's funny that we don't see Craig at all in the storyline.
0: I know. When he turns up at the drop, drop of, of a hat. hat.
2: Unless it's like a serious crime. Then
0: they... But he's CID now.
2: This is CID. exactly he's him that should be... CID training. He's not officially CID though. This should
0: be exactly the thing that he's involved in. Because I thought that this is why they're bumping them up. Mm. Because a PC wouldn't have anything to do with this. Mm. So moida Evelyn comes back a little later and Roy apologises for snapping earlier. He found malice where it wasn't intended, he says. The state of the world and the Seb attack has gotten weary. Twas ever thus, says Evelyn. <laughs> Roy talks a bit about Haley and how their choices seem to rank with people who weren't affected by them. And Nina's the same. Physically she may recover but inside she'll be changed And Roy seems to be going with the She was attacked because of the way that she dressed line (laughs) Abby is back from the police station If anything the message has confused her more than ever Because it wasn't a fight or a confrontation She confesses to some of the dark thoughts that she's been having The revenge that she wants to enact And Kev hates that she's dealing with this alone And wants to help And she finally lets him in She can't do this on her own she says Then on Friday Roy bumps into Abby coming out of Devs in her house coat He asks her how she's doing She says how do you think I'm doing And then says Nina is the only one who can help her find out why Seb was killed And at that she rushes off because the police have pulled up at her door And the police officer tells Abby that Eli and someone called Jason Have been charged with GBH and they've both pled guilty Kelly the Chin has been charged with GBH and murder And as yet ITV Corey hasn't been charged with anything A witness has said the attack was triggered because of Nina's appearance from what we saw, I don't think it was.
2: No, it, it wasn't. But all of those kids and stuff were shouting things at her about right. her appearance. But they, the only reason why they followed them was because ITV Corey said, come on, let's go get them after they left. And ITV Corey hates Nina because of Asha. Right, not because of the way she's dressed. Right. So this is.
0: <sighs> so this is ITV, and this becomes ITV Cory's line. Then that the reason because Kelly doesn't have a reason for no for being so violent. No. This is his. This is his story.
2: And I, <clears throat> I, I'm curious as to what's going through the heads of these other kids. Did 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 somehow. Was was ITV Corey somehow able to shut them up in some way about his involvement? Because it's it's not very believable to me that nobody else has has said, yeah, well, Corey was there, too. And he's the one who said, come on, let's go get them. That everybody seems to be either not saying anything or falling in line behind. Yeah, we did this for Kelly for some reason, even though she's not our friend. Right, because they're... And she's just kind of a hanger-on.
0: Eli and Jason are Corey's friends.
2: Right. Not Kelly's friends.
0: So they're backing him up.
2: Right. But how are they they convincing the police that they did all this for Kelly? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah.
0: So Abby and Kev suspect that ITV Corey is this unnamed witness. But now that people have been charged, Seb can be buried, the cops say. So Nina, uh, Roy goes to see Nina at hospital. She's still confused about what happened, but she had her dream and it's hard for her to tell where the dream ends and reality begins.
2: And that feels really odd too. You'd think that they would wait until somebody was actually convicted.
0: Hmm, yeah. But the voice she heard when she woke up was ITV Corey's. She's sure of it and she's sure that he was the one who killed Seb. The police go and explain all this to Nina, who, become, who becomes upset when it seems that ITV Corey is getting away with it when she's sure that he's the one who killed Seb. Dreams aren't evidence, says a copper, and she leaves Nina with Roy, who tries to find a positive and that three people have been charged.
2: I am shocked and surprised that not once does Nina say to the police, yes, well, Corey actually hates me because I dated his girlfriend.
1: Mm-hmm. Corey Corey
2: hates me. These other people don't hate me. These other people. Kelly doesn't hate me for being a goth. I didn't date anybody that Kelly dated. Corey is the only one who has a genuine motive.
0: Right. This doesn't seem to be information that the police are privy to.
2: Right. Uh, And and they should be. It feels important. Right. Yeah. It feels important that Corey is the ITV. Corey is the only one who has a genuine motive.
0: Roy has left and come back and she has Nina's stuff and she's ready to come home again, hoping it will help her remember. He gives her some privacy and she takes her black dress out of the bag and looks like looks at it like it represents something different to her now and in her mind she hears ITV Cory shouting abuse at her. Abby and Kev have gone to see The Undertaker but he manages to put his foot in it by suggesting a gothic-themed funeral. Todd's already had his cowboy idea shot down then mm. but Abby says that Nina <laughs> was a goth, not Seb. And she doesn't want any of that rubbish anywhere near the funeral and she storms off.
2: Which is ironic because all funerals are goth. Because they're funerals. Yeah, I guess.
0: (laughs) Nina is back in the street and she sees Asha and has a go at her for giving ITV Corey an alibi and being involved with him in the first place. And she's about to blame it all on Asha when Abby turns up and blames it all on Nina. If you didn't dress like a freak, if you were normal, Seb would be alive. You ain't wise, you ain't woke, you're a weirdo. Nina rushes off, and when Asha tells Abby that she's out of line, Abby doubles down. She meant every single word. Everything has a consequence, even dressing up as a Victorian for kicks. Asha huffs and shakes her head and leaves Abby to it.
2: I don't like this.
0: No, I don't like it either.
2: I, you know, and... People, people have pointed out... Blame me that... The, Saying that something happened because of the way someone is dressed is victim blaming.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Because you can walk by somebody on the street and say and think to yourself, geez, that's an odd choice of clothing. And then go on your merry way. Mm -hmm. So we as a society or at least parts of society have been really trying to fight against this idea that the way someone dresses is why they've been assaulted in some way, you know, that saying this happened because of what you're wearing is, is victim blaming. And mm-hmm. it is, yep. you know, especially when it comes to rape, you know, this has been a huge struggle for forever. That
0: uh, oh, oh, going back to, even before the Jodie Foster movie,
2: right? The, the way you're dressed, you know, because you dressed because your, your skirt was short right. or something. That's why you were raped. Mm-hmm. When that's not why you were raped, you were raped because the dude was a rapist. Right. Um, you know, there've been gallery exhibitions of women's women's clothing that they were wearing when they were raped and it it covers the whole Yeah, it doesn't board. matter. Right. It's like jeans or in the most heartbreaking instances, you know, children's clothing right. and everything and um You know, our daughter, when she when she goes to school, unfortunately, this hasn't happened this year because she hasn't gone to school. But as an 11 year old girl last year, she had to do the fingertip test with her shorts before going to school because girls, if they wear shorts that don't go past their fingertips, will be sent home to change clothes because it's distracting the way an eleven year old girl dresses is distracting, and that's just you can't you can't you can't do that. You can't do that with rape, and you can't do that with with murder. Um you know, we know that there's that it that all of this happened because ITV Corey hates Nina.
1: Right.
2: He egged, he he got Kelly to slap Nina. That was all him hmm. because he knew that Kelly liked him. And so that she could be manipulated into doing it. Yeah,
0: plus he got her drunk as well.
2: Right. Yeah, he got all these kids drunk. He manipulated Kelly. You know, he laughed when people were making... He's the leader of this group. And so when people are making fun of the way Nina is dressed and he laughs, they keep doing it. Right. Because that's how bullies are.
0: Yeah, she's the... I'm reluctant to call him an alpha male... But he is the the leader of the group. Yeah, but he, he's the has, he just, He's just a, a bully in the, right. yeah. in the whole situation. He's bullying his friends as much as he's bullying anybody else.
2: Right, absolutely. So, I so I find it I find it a troubling thread to to say all of this can be put down to the way Nina dresses, and and I really hope that. That is explored when, you know, ITV Corey finally does get his comeuppance and it's, and it's made clear that the reason why he hates her has nothing to do with, with her clothes. Because like I said, and I mean, we've all done it. We've all been walking down the street sometime and seen somebody wearing something that we thought was odd. You know, even people who dress odd Mm -hmm. themselves at one point or another has seen somebody else dressing even odder,
0: (laughs) right? or not quite odd enough and go oh that's a Uh, a bit weird
2: right yeah you You think you don't
0: assault them you you think you You may look look at them weird
2: you may you may laugh about it with your friends later but you don't feel compelled to kick them or beat them up Mm -hmm. people who do that sort of thing are going to do it no matter how you're dressed they're going to find somebody who they feel is a weak link and they're going to do things like this to them right assholes be assholes no matter what
0: right and murderers be murderers right
2: and rapists be rapists yeah
0: i think it's just shocking that it comes out of abby's mouth when abby has for the last couple of years has been the hero of of every story and here she is albeit recently very recently bereaved Mm -hmm. and people say things that they don't mean right and she's kind of afforded that a little bit by. Some of the other characters that mm-hmm. you know, she's gone through an awful lot herself at the moment. But, yes, but even even with that, there and understood, it's still kind of shocking for shocking to hear her right, kind of being against against Nina right, and being against Nina means almost means agreeing with the people that have done it
2: right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, because a, that's he, a very
0: odd place to because,
2: be. because she uses the same words. She calls her a freak. Mm-hmm. She, she uses the same words that the bullies use for Nina. And you're right, because Abby has always been the one who's kind of been the one who is the defender of the defenseless. Right. Let's remember the whole Ray Weinstein thing. Mm hmm. She brought those other other women in and said, He's he's done things to these women. This is not a good thing and yep. torches his car. Blew his fucking car to, right. to smotherines. Right. She's she's <sighs> she's the chaotic good to Roy's neutral good, right. you know? And um and so for her, yeah, it was it was quite shocking to hear those words come out of Abby's mouth. And Grief or no grief,
0: and it it's further shocking to hear her reiterate it. Yeah. Later, which because was,
2: which because if it was in, if it was anybody else's child who died, if if it wasn't her son, she would be the first in line to say, "You cannot blame this on the way Nina is dressed." You know, mm-hmm. she she deserves to have her individuality.
1: Right.
0: So Asha goes into Roy's Rolls to explain Abby's confrontation with Nina. Carla is fucking furious. This yes, isn't she is. on. Roy grabs his grocery bag, and anorak, mm-hmm. his uh, secret weapons, obviously, yes. and dashes off to find her. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ab- Abby is battering the fuck out of a Toyota Yaris with a big spanner when Carla comes along and tells Abby that she was out of order. And Abby triples down, says that she just played, and Nina's hands there, giving her carte blanche to wear even more black, feel more depressed. And then she basically says, it should have been Nina that died.
2: Mm. And Carla is the only one out of all of this who says sensibly you know when they're still in roy's roles that anybody with anybody with a hint of individuality just gets beaten down you know and you can't blame people for being individuals and for being a little bit different when you know it's society at large that says that they're wrong it's Mm -hmm. society's fault
0: roy finds nina on the back street crying against the wall and takes a little seat on the pavement with her, which was adorable. She hasn't been able to remember anything. She says that she should be the one who should be dead. Why does everyone hate her? Roy says grief makes people do strange things, but Nina's worried that she's been wrong all this time. Maybe she's a freak. Maybe this is all her fault. Especially if she stood her ground and argued with the people that beat them up, and she can't even remember that. But Roy is having none of it He's so proud of her And of what she's become But she won't listen She and him are both freaks She says And back home in the bathroom Nina is staring at herself in the mirror Kind of drawing a little bit of comparison there With the um, Asha
2: Yeah um,
0: Months ago with the skin whitening thing Yeah the,
2: the, the Twitter handle Formerly known as the Ben Price fan page uh, Tweeted about this And had them side by side
0: I have been beaten to so many things this week <laughs>
2: In fact, I was about ready to mention the the fact that she did that, and you know how. What what a nice clear comparison that was! It really was. Still, wish we'd delved deeper into that whole storyline.
0: She's staring at herself in the mirror as she very carefully, very deliberately washes her makeup off to reveal the bruises underneath. Metaphorical, much?
2: uh, and it's just it has such an impact because if you. If she had just put on the dress and not done her makeup, mm-hmm. I, I seriously doubt Abby could have looked her in the face and said all of those things.
0: That's true. That is true.
2: With all of those bruises. Because her makeup covered everything all really quite well.
0: Mm-hmm. So later, I'm Asha still comes surprised
2: b- they didn't shave her whole head, considering she had brain surgery. I know they shaved like a little bit right here. Expected it. You know, typically they... They shave the whole, the whole head.
0: And I know that they try and uh, retain that kind of thing for, you know, her hair is obviously very important to her, but if speed is of the essence, right, you yeah. don't fucking care. Right. That's not your job it's to coiffure this to make it right. look like it's going to be okay afterwards. Right. Asha comes back in at Roy's Rolls to see Nina just as she comes downstairs dressed in Shona's white jumper, torn black jeans, and no makeup. She insists that she's fine. Asha says that she doesn't look like Nina anymore. Good, says Nina. Nina has decided not to be Nina anymore. And that is how we end this week's episodes. <sighs> 18 months ago, I said when Nina was introduced that the show would strip Nina of her goth character, and here we are. Didn't think it would be coming through this though. Yeah. I thought they would never have the strength to have someone like that in the show for that length of time without making her more blancmange, making her more magnolia. Yeah. But they stuck to it. Well, until now.
2: (laughs) And it, it, you know, it seems like they stuck to it just so they could do the storyline, which just feels really cynical to say, but it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Because supposedly they they had this in their back pocket, the idea to do this kind of storyline since 2007. Right. And just we're we're waiting for the right time to. Well, the right character comes along that that has the the
0: right impact with the audience. Yeah. All that. I think the stars kind of aligned a little bit. Mm. But still. They're writing long long term storylines here. Right. They have to be. Yeah. They have to be manipulative like that, which is kind of what we talked about the other week.
2: Yes. Oh, well, but still, it's it's sad. It's and heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, and you know, and again, wear what you want, ladies.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. assholes gonna be assholes, no matter what, and you know, and that's going to be true until society changes and becomes less victim blaming and less less of a, a rape culture that, you know, even in instances that don't involve rape tend to blame the victim for what they're wearing or how they look. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's just interesting. Cause, uh, in, in all of this, I was, I was thinking back and why why do people hate, hate goths and, you know, I guess, like, in the 80s, when goth culture started in the 1980s, um, you know, it was, like, in during the height of the Satanic Panic. And, in fact, goth culture kind of was a response to the Satanic Panic. Like, oh, people are going to be... People are freaking out and, and everything, so we're just going to stick a thumb in their eye by wearing all black and you know, writing dark music about death and everything. And that was like the beginning of the church of Satan, which is neither a church nor has anything to do with Satan. So people hated goth in the eighties for that. And then the nineties, it, it was really Columbine in this country that made everybody just really suspicious of goths, which is really interesting See, because I don't think
0: any of those things are true for the UK
2: because it it's, it's really interesting that that's what happened because it's, it's kind of like with hippie culture, people felt that hippies were on the whole rather harmless and maybe have a point about the Vietnam war all until the Manson family. And then all of a sudden hippies became very suspicious and we have to beat up all the hippies and, and throw all the hippies in jail because they're all secretly murderers. So this seems to have happened to youth subcultures all the time. You know,
0: I don't know if there was a particular event in the UK other than, it was kind of post punk. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, an anti the colourful Mohicans and mm-hmm. clothing of the, the punk movement.
2: Or Mohawks, as they're known here in the United right. States. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's also Mohawk in there. Oh, I, I looked this up before, didn't I? Yes, yes, because we, we
2: covered it for Common Language.
0: I think I also did it for a hindsight corner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. An, another great week of uh, acting chops being displayed by all concerned in this storyline yes very
2: it's much
1: been,
0: so um when you forget that you're watching a tv show
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know that something's getting done right and i felt that several points through this and mm-hmm. felt really kind of engulfed in the yeah. emotion of it all and yeah and when someone can shock you yes in 2021 yeah like abby shocked me yes this week it's like wow that's tv is still powerful
2: right yeah so Uh, yeah that's and that's exactly it you know even when we don't agree with the way a storyline is kind of framing things even when we don't agree what's coming out of the mouths of a character we we can't deny how well it's being acted and how mm -hmm. believable the acting is you know because i think that's part of the thing if if she wasn't so great of an actor Sally Carmen, if she wasn't so brilliant an actor, mm-hmm. those words would have fallen flat.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't have believed them, and you do believe the. She's such a great actor. She's really, really, really good. I feel like there's a little bit of a weight off the the Abby character here, mm-hmm. being no longer the. She's not the hero of this story. No. And in, in this instance, she's a bit of an antagonist.
2: Right. Yes. Very much so. And it's, and it's good, because, you know, we were kind of picking on that.
0: Uh, I was getting so bored with her being the hero. With her.
2: Yeah. She's constantly the hero. She's constantly the one beating down the doors and saving the day.
0: I'll land this plane. Right. I'll and deliver this baby.
2: She is the Carol Danvers of this show. <laughs> Bringing it all back into the MCU there.
0: <laughs> oh. You're deplorable. Oh. And that was the week that was Coronation Street. What was your moment of the week? Ah! Uh. For me,
2: for me, it was Nina and Roy sitting on that sidewalk, and and him telling her that he how proud he is of her. For me, uh huh,
0: it is Toya dishing out the tilts. Oh, that's a good to one Laura too. The chin that's a good because one because that was amazing.
2: It was amazing.
0: And Georgia did had such range in that from being you know and and to give credit to lord of the chin as well Mm -hmm. i just realized i called toya georgia um yes
2: but again you know such a good actor
0: the two of them though uh being one was up and then there was a comeback and then there was a comeback and then toya had a knockout punch right there was so much going on in that that i loved
2: and like her whole face You could just feel the pent up rage Mm -hmm. and the controlled rage. And it's brilliant because we've seen Toya before not be able to control that rage, not be able to keep a lid on it Mm -hmm. and and therefore lose the argument. But here she's she's learned how to control it. She's been able to channel it into something into something good. And she wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. that's our moment of the week. It's. Mm that's our
0: I've got goosebumps just now thinking that way to was that good Toya dishing out the telts is our
2: moment of, of the week. week our moment of the week
0: your born moment of the week
2: Sharon trying to get Toya to call Leanne fuck off Sharon fuck off Sharon
0: <laughs> Jesus so she's behind you that's a pantomime <laughs> thing I keep on forgetting that it's not a thing over here. Yeah. (laughs) No, I get the reference. Being the pantomime villain and just trying to turn every storyline into nobody cares about you this week, Sharon. No! Fuck off! Fucking do one. That's a
2: boring moment of the week. Yeah, it really does damage, I think, to that storyline. It did. Yeah. No place (sighs) for that. No. Oh.
0: Shall we wrap this one up? Yes, please. If you clean the pee on your woody, it'll probably (laughs) do you good to share that information here. We are the talk of the street at gmail.com and we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can shout me and Helen a coffee by heading to ko-fi.com/slash the talk of the street. Please check out the clicky clicky section of Voggle.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Yes,
2: if you know someone or you are someone who uh is who loves Coronation Street and is hearing impaired? <laughs> yes. What you can you can watch the YouTube uh, videos of our show, and there's closed captioning on it, and it's astonishingly accurate. Even with me? Yes.
0: I don't understand what I say half the time. <laughs> Thanks for making it to the end of another episode, and we will be back next week. Yes, we will. With
2: more. I'll talk on the street. The street. Cheerio. Bye.